Welcome to the X Reality Digital Transformation, a podcast show that helps your business transform to the digital era. In each episode, I will share with you some hot topics related to digital transformation. My name is Dominic Wu, founder of Homeverse Day Design Studio. Today, I'd like to introduce you to this book called Deliberate Fun by Dr. Jonathan Peters. Interestingly, Deliberate Fun carries great content to help business owners understand the motivations behind different types of people. When we design for everyone, we end up designing for ourselves. Jonathan Peters, PhD, Deliberate Fun, 2020. To produce successful gamification campaigns or digital products to all together, Jonathan Peters emphasized to ask yourself two questions. First, who's your target audience? Second, what are their motivations? We are not the customer. We must first acknowledge that we are not our customers. In order to go into a world of exploration about people's behavior patterns, we must empty our minds when we enter our problem space. Personally, when I speak with my own clients and ask them who their target audience is, 9 out of 10 of them will say, I target everyone because my product is for everyone. This is a dangerous statement and ultimately can lead to mistakes in the long run. Because designing for everyone ultimately means that you are designing for yourself. Everyone is unique. And what interests and motivates you will not always interest others. For example, one of my favorite games to play is Final Fantasy. But my friend, however, prefers to play Call of Duty instead. Because we aren't interested in each other's hobbies, I will most likely quit the military game within three minutes while my friend finds that playing RPG is more boring. That is why we need to be empathetic. When you are going into wondering about who your target audience is, ask yourself, am I 100% confident about this? We must find what it is exactly what drives our users. According to research, 80% of gamification projects will fail due to users have a low motivation to play. Of course, this wouldn't satisfy any of the business objects. So here's the bottom line. Don't focus on selling your products to everyone and start targeting on the group that buys them. And ask yourself this big question, who are your users? Define your target audience. To find our target audience, we can identify shared similarities between potential users, despite people having their differences. We can narrow down to target a specific type of user we tend to attract. We can also clarify how we can motivate those users. This process 
code for a strategy around attracting these users. Jonathan Peters' idea of self-hacking and its assumptions will be the first step to create a great gamification experience for your digital products. Self-hugging, the concept that everyone believes that everyone else has the same motivation as they have. This tendency causes us to create learning experiences that we enjoy, not necessarily what our learners will enjoy. By Jonathan Peters, PhD, Deliberate Fund, 2020. Benefits for creating personas for your gamification campaigns. First, align business and user goals as one team for better company vision. Second, visualize the potential user or a human face to develop empathy for the person represented by research and demographics. Create user personas. Personas help us understand our users better. We should have at least one persona in our minds and be curious about how they make decisions. To know who your users are, it's important to gather data by studying their motivations. For example, values, interests, priorities, goals, and needs. We need to get to know our users deeply. We may also want to write a little bit about their background as well. Finding these attributes will help you really being your persona to life. Why do we do this? According to Designing for the Digital Edge, understanding who will buy and use your product is another important basic to do business. It's a visual tool that helps us communicate the customer's viewpoint to our teams in a powerful, clear way. A great way to know if you have a good persona is if your entire team discuss it together in a well-understood manner. Our users may include the customers who make the purchase decision as well as those who influence the decision, current users of the product or service, and potential users. Keen goodwill. Designing for the digital age. How to create human-centered products and services. Here are some elements to identify a good user persona, or in other words, make them more human. First, persona headshot. A picture evokes a thousand words. Display an image of your user. Second, name. A name can reflect someone's race and living environment. Most often, you can use the first name only. By giving our persona names, we are making them more human. We can refer to our personas like Davy is really excited about X because he really feels motivated by Y. The third one, age. Age can reveal which generation he or she belongs to. Fourth, gender. Are you targeting a specific gender? 
This can make a lot of difference depending on different genders. Fifth, geographics. Location can dramatically affect a user's motivation and behaviors. People who live in a big city will behave differently from people who live in a small village. Sixth, demographics. Age, gender, ethnicity can impact some behaviors and attitudes. Age can have low effect for adults in the working class, but can define the physical needs of those who are younger and older. A man's hand can be bigger than a woman's hand, and both men have diff different experience with handling a control device. And how people may perceive a specific situation may differ due to cultural beliefs and differences. Seven. Occupation. Understanding the financial situation of your persona. Can demonstrate how much they are willing to spend. Doctors will have a higher income than a truck driver. Young students will be more hesitant with spending money than adults with jobs, etc. Number eight, marital status. Since lifestyles between singles and married couples. Are dra dramatically different. People who are single will have different behaviors than married couple. Number nine. Family structure. Does the user have any children? Have a having a children naturally influences how parents think and behavior. Who we can also project this. To other families' situation, like single-parent households, caring for grandparents, etc. Number ten, hobbies. Revealing the persona's hobbies can showcase that persona's personality. A person who loves to read will prefer to be alone than a person who loves to host social events. Number eleven. Quote, in summary, what could you imagine your persona would say? This is easy for people to empathize with quickly by just glancing at a quote. Number twelve, fears and frustrations. This helps the team to understand possible pain points of the user in order to improve. Number thirteen, brain. A good brand can reveal the financial level and personal test. Understand your target audience motives. While reading Deliberate Fun, Peters introduces external concept driven from his own research. A noteworthy mention was Dr. Stephen Ray's book, "Who Am I." Which describes the sixteen basic and universal desires that shape humans' behavior. It also shows how human mind prioritizes those desires and how it influences 
one's actions and personality. With the idea originated from Dr. Ray's and emphasized against by Peters in Deliver Fun, here are the 16 desires that influences us. Number one, acceptance. According to evolutionary psychologists, human emotions and behaviors involve in response to specific problems. For example, we often seek acceptance in our social circles to feel secure. If we imagine ourselves as a part of family tribe, we could potentially starve to death or get attacked by wild animals if we are not accepted. One can avoid criticism, failure, and rejection by working towards getting positive affirmations. Those with a weak desire of acceptance are more self-confident and look for areas of risk, criticism, and feedback instead. Number two, beauty. If you are attracted to beautiful graphic elements and anything aesthetics, beauty is one of your strong desires. This group often prioritizes the look of the product based on its design rather than function. Plain designs or hard text with no imagery might lose their interest. Number three. Curiosity. Curiosity embraces how much one enjoys the learning process. A strong desire for curiosity opens the willingness to go above their current knowledge and skills. Those with curious minds embrace learning new things to entertain themselves. They have a wide range of intellectual pursuits, whether it's from thinking, reading, or having interesting conversations with others. These people can get bored easily if they aren't expanding their curiosity. They also might behave as if they are smarter and make assumptions that others are equally interested in what they share. Number four, eating. A strong desire for eating entails consuming something delicious. One may need snack breaks throughout his or her process of learning and training. They may indulge and find themselves struggling to maintain a healthy lifestyle. People with low motivations for eating don't think about food all the time. Instead, they may grab a few bites of snacks before diving into their next test. Family. Oftentimes, those who do not have family living with them or personally feel like family isn't a huge drive for them may work long hours to get the job done. Others will work just to get enough to pay their bills and maximize their family time. Number six, honor. Honor as a drive can come from values of respect, rules, and roles. People who define themselves under this category tend to be honest, trustworthy, and loyal. These folks feel very proud and patriotic in their own cultural and heritage as well. They usually prefer a 
moderated learning environment like a traditional classroom setting where the teacher is the authority figure. Number seven, idealism. Idealistic people fantasize about a perfect world. They spend a chunk of their time and money and even risk their lives to build a better version of our world today. With the passion to make the world a better place, you may find these people volunteering to help a good cause, donating money, or even just offering a helping hand to anyone in need. Number eight, independence. Self-motivated people are highly motivated and are more motivated when there are independent prices and they also rarely ask for advice. These types prefer to work individually than with a team. They also keep their opinions and thoughts to themselves. Number nine, order. In our minds, we perceive having order as security. If there is a disruption with the order, there is a risk of death. Orderly people are motivated if there is a guarantee, exception for stability. They value consistency and cleanliness. Those with a weak desire for order are generally more flexible and open to ambiguity. Number 10, physical activity. People with this desire love to be active. This may be difficult for them to stay still and focus for an extended period of time. Being forced to sit and listen to a training video or any learning program can make learners feel bored easily. Number 11, power. A desire for power leads to someone who is determined, willful, and assertive. A person with a heart for power will try to influence their will upon others and will dedicate their life to a higher achievement. They believe that in order to reach their goal, they need to conquer challenges. Saving. Savers are also collectors. People who desire to save stay motivated when they are collect items like badges and they also have a fear of risking losing their collections. Number 13, social contact. People who crave social contact are motivated by socializing with their peers. They will go out of their way to connect with others in a friendly and outgoing manner. Social contact may drive this group to engage with asking questions, interacting with others, and getting feedback from instructors or program facilitators. Number 14, status. Status seekers care deeply about their prestiges. They look for ways to level up, whether it's in their job title, position, or rank. Status seekers also care about how they present themselves with their clothes, accessories, and even cars to show off their position in society. Number 15, tranquility. People with tranquility tend to look for safe environments. They avoid situations that can cause them to have anxiety, fear, and pain. Tranquil people love to stay within their comfort zones and rarely branching out. 
Number sixteen, vagueness. Vagueness as a drive give people a competitive edge. They feel satisfied if they have won over someone more than earning a prize. People with vagueness do better when they get opportunity to dis direct, engage, and compete with others. With those drives, I also thought it was really interesting how deliberate fun also expanded on this by demonstrating player stereotypes along with common motivations. Richard Barto, doctor, Ph.D., put players into four categories. First one, achiever, players who have a strong desire to win. Second, explorer. Players who are explorers with an interest to uncover new surprises. Number three. Socializer. Players who enjoy interacting with other players. Number four. Killers. Players who enjoy combat, like shooting, killing, and destroying game objects. Nick Ye. PhD defined six motivators in games. Number one, action, distract and excitement. Number two, social, competition and community. Number three, master, challenge and strategy. Number four, achievement, completion and power. Number five, immersion, fantasy and story. Number six, creative, design and discovery. Many players have been categorized into their own specific groups, and they can be further divided into subcategories depending on each person's direct motivations. First, develop a persona that can best represent your user target audience. Second, define their motivations. Asking what kind of game mechanics will motivate my user. Game mechanics examples. First one, achievement. Apply to someone who is acceptance. Adventures. Power. Status. Vagueness. Number two, attacked. Apply to someone who will be motivated by vagueness. Number three, avatar. Well, avatar will motivate people who like acceptance, beauty, independence, social contact, status. Number four, beiges. Beiges will motivate people who. Well, motivated by acceptance, power, saving, status. Number five. Levels. Levels will be people who loves power and status. Mentorship. Mentorship. Well. Motivate people who love acceptance, family, idealism, interdependence, power, social contact, and status.
all in all, we can see that depending on the drives and motivations above, each person naturally responds to all elements differently. In order to discover how to create a good gamification campaign or application, understanding your user comes first. And we highly recommend investing some research to find your target audience. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure to visit our website, hummingbirdstate.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes and SoundCloud so you will never miss a show. While you are at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Thank you and see you next time. Bye bye.